Hey, what's up, everyone? Welcome to the Take 43 podcast. Noticed how I didn't say back. I did notice that, actually. Thank you for noticing. <laughs> you know, I didn't want to welcome everyone back. This could be their first time listening. That's right. We're getting some new listeners, and so they might be starting out with this one and then going back to older ones later. I hope the analytics are real. Right. <laughs> Not magic. <laughs> Anyways, roll it. Aaron, before we get into what we've been up to and obviously chatting with Andy, uh, just curious what happened to the, the first 40, the first 42 takes. I'm curious, kind of. Well, since you're so interested in it, I guess I'll tell you. I got kind of lost in the beta fish subreddit. If you don't know Reddit very well, Reddit's a big platform, have all sorts of different subjects. Every subject has its own subreddit, which is just kind of like a subcategory. But there's one for uh, beta fish, and it's seriously just the most like chill, uh, most wholesome place on the internet, I swear, because it's just people posting pictures of their pretty beta fish and then other people commenting how pretty their beta fish are. Which Wow. I was yeah. always more of like a Dave Matthews band, Grateful Dead type of guy, but at the fish, you're all right with fish, the also. fish platform is it's great. <laughs> um, yeah, you know, it's, it's, it's pretty cool because I've never been a fish person, but I've recently started to really like him. And I think part of the reason why is the, the way, you know, if you go to PetSmart or whatever, they, they make you think that taking care of a beta fish is not really a big deal. You can just toss them in a glass of water and they'll be fine. And that's but they, totally, they give them to you in a bag. They give them to you in a bag or like a tiny little like My plastic. Bag animal. Yeah, yeah. Plastic cup. And they, all the, even the tanks you buy just are not really that good at tanks. So, right. you know, you just don't, it, they make you think you don't need to take very good care of them. And it's not true at all. When you do take good care of them, you have, you know, they're water heated. You change their water. You put the right conditioner right, in their water. Calm down. Sorry. I like beta fish. Okay. You know, I'm not going to apologize for that. True. <laughs> no, you know what? I, I'm just kidding. I'm just kidding. Obviously it's, it's nice to have an animal around big or yeah. small. Uh, it's small. They're little fish. No. <laughs> My man. No, I agree. I agree. Like you have a large dog. I have a small fish yeah. and a small cat You don't as realize well. how much you actually love your animal until they're well, yeah. around. Well, and yeah. like I said, these beta fish, when, when they're healthy and they're treated well, they're really reactive fish. They'll really react to what I'm doing. Like you've seen it. Yeah. We'll go over there. And if I hold the food a little bit out of the water, he'll jump up out of the water. His name's Chowder, by the way. I'm, I'm so glad someone <laughs> in your house is giving you attention. Also, speaking of nothing we're talking about, dude, I almost lost my drone this morning. Oh no. Yeah. Where? No, actually, no, it's a real thing. <laughs> yes. like, I, I don't know. If I knew where it was, I wouldn't have lost it. So get this. It was actually, it didn't like crash or anything. Okay. I'm, I'm not that bad. So flying a job this morning in Park City, it was about 7.30 in the morning, getting sunrise over some landscapes. Obviously, this fall foliage is beautiful right now in the mountains. Pretty. So yeah, it's pretty. pretty. I was just too close to the, the base of the trail at the mountain head mm -hmm. there. I lost reception. I basically, I went on the other side of the mountain. I was too close to the mountain, so it couldn't signal, oh, send no. the signal over, right? So that kind of scared me. So yeah. I looked down at my controller. It said lost connection. So I was running up the mountain. So I hold the return to home button. It's sending out a signal. Obviously, if there's no connection to the aircraft, it's just going to beep until it gets a signal. Then it's right. going to change sounds. I was waiting for that signal to change. And after about 10 minutes of hiking straight up, doing switchbacks on the trail, it came back on. It was still in the air right. and it was still recording. Well, man, yeah, that's kind of scary, dude. Those things yeah. aren't, aren't cheap. It was just a weird morning. It was like too early for that shit. You know? right, it was right. You're like, not already. I can't deal with this today. Yeah. And yeah. I, well, I wasn't even worried about the drone. I was worried about the footage on the drone because prior oh. to that I had just been at a location and I got oh, some right. really, really fun long takes of the fall foliage. Gotcha, gotcha. Really fun stuff. Anyways, I almost lost it. Thought I'd throw that in there. Ooh, that's scary though. Yep. Dude, I'm super excited about our guest today. Oh yeah, cool guy. Today we have Andy Burgess. He's a filmmaker, YouTuber, content creator based out of East London. Currently, he specializes in travel vlogging, trekking all over the world, and trying to educate his audience. He's also recently started a new series in partnership with Red Bull called Origins. Super chill guy. Let's have a chat with Andy. What's up, guys? Andy, what's going on, man? How you doing, dude? I'm good, guys. I'm good. It's uh, it's good to be chatting with you. 
Yeah, you too. yeah. Thanks for coming on. This is gonna be cool. Andy, it's been a minute since we've chatted. We chat on Instagram here and there, but uh, Aaron, this is the first time you've met Andy. Yeah, man. Nice to meet you. Yeah, nice to meet you too. You'd be man. like, no, um, it's not nice to meet you. <laughs> it's not nice. You seem terrible. No, I um, <laughs> I don't like this already. No, yeah, maybe we should start over. <laughs> Just kidding. <laughs> <laughs> Absolutely. Uh, how you been? I know you've been working on a uh, project recently, but you were at least you were supposed to. What's been going on your way? Yeah, um, interesting few weeks for me. Um, I was, yeah, I was meant to be heading out to Italy to shoot, um, an episode of this show that I have called Origins, um, with Red Bull. Right. Right. And, um, I'm sure we, we can get into that in a bit. Um, we definitely yeah, will. <laughs> due, due to go on this trip already packed in everything and about maybe like 12 hours before I was meant to board this plane to Italy, I got a, um, a positive coronavirus test. Oh no. Um, which was... Yeah, that was a bit of a shock. I mean, I'm all fine. I'm all good. Um, The scariest part of the whole process was just the the unknown of it because I had no symptoms. Right, Um, right. And we wouldn't have known. The only reason I found out is because I had to take a test to go on this trip. I wanted our whole team to be safe. So I was like, okay, let's all do these COVID tests. And um, we actually had them scheduled to be done in Italy. And I was kind of like uh, feeling a bit funny about it because like if we get a positive test in Italy, we'll have to quarantine there for 14 days. Right. I was like, that doesn't sound like fun. And um, I was like, no one's going to have it, though. We all feel fine. I'd spent the past two weeks trying to be like super cautious, staying away from people, good, um, good. like keeping to myself, like, you know, the whole the whole thing, um, like above like regular social distancing and wearing masks. You know, I was just like super hypersensitive about it because... I wanted this to go ahead. And then, yeah, I was the one that came out positive, which was oh, bizarre because That's I had no symptoms. Um, well, I'm glad you, yeah, I'm glad you're doing okay though. Yeah. 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 So I've been, I've been at home for the past 10 days. Um, overall feeling pretty fine. A couple of mild symptoms, but um, no, I'm so fortunate to uh, be feeling okay. Um, there's so many people that obviously it's like affected in terrible ways. So right. feeling grateful that um, I can, I'm like privileged enough to like stay at home, you know, and just like ride this out. Right. And that's great. Like yeah. I know for me, one of the scariest things about it is obviously I don't want to get sick with it either, but my biggest concern is getting other people sick. So I'm mm. glad that, that uh, you were being safe about it and, and everybody around you is good. Yeah. Yeah. Everyone around me is good. Um, and I mean, we don't know when I caught it, but yeah, I'm glad that like we caught it and like, it wasn't, um, a case of like spreading it without knowing, you know? Right. Right. Yeah. Well, so glad you're okay, man. I know that obviously messed up your production plans for origins. I think your second episode, I believe that sucks, but guess what? That stuff can be rescheduled mm. or other people can shoot it and, and it stinks, but it's just you know, it just happens. It's just the way life is sometimes, especially right now. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. It's 2020 yeah, I mean, right now. Couldn't yeah. get any worse. Who knows? Kind yeah. of expected. <laughs> I mean, it's my own fault for deciding to shoot a series in the middle of like all of this, you know, like <laughs> we were, we were ready for these things to happen. Well, man, we're freelancers. We, we can't back down from work. We have to get paid mm-hmm. and it's this battle of trying to stay safe, keep everyone safe, but also making a living. And I, some people don't even have that option and they got laid off and, I'm fortunate that I can still work during this time. You just have to be extra cautious. I'm, I've had a couple of shoots now where yeah. very small crews, very selective on how you handle things and just being extra safe and cautious around your clients is, is very important. 
100% man yeah that's like that's the main thing on these shoots I'm like we want to obviously make the best video possible but the first the like highest priority is like our team's safety and everyone else around us who we're interviewing like that is like top priority everything else can be like changed done at a different time if needs be um we just want everyone to be like fit and healthy right yeah and if i wasn't in the business i'd say you're hired because i love that i'd like to hear that (laughs) sounds like a good production team so i kind of want to move back a little bit uh andy i met you five minutes before going on stage for power video to go and talk in front of a bunch of people and it was really uh it was a really cool experience i had a lot of fun but we met like five minutes before we went on stage and dylan osborne was on there we've had dylan on in the past that was kind of a yeah great guy super talented you're super talented but it was just funny being up there with both of you and we didn't know each other's work but we were all talking about the same subject which was working with Mm. brands and what was your kind of experience on your end because we talked on your podcast about what my experience was like in that chair because i was pretty nervous yeah Uh, what was that like for you yeah it was I mean, that was such a funny experience and um, I just really loved how it came out. So yeah, like you said, um, we met five minutes before we went on stage and I also had only found out what I was talking about maybe that day or the night before. Like I knew I was talking about power of video, but I didn't know what <laughs> we were talking about. <laughs> um, and throughout, wait, what? That was 2019. Yeah. yeah. Okay. So throughout 2019 and bit of 2018 i'd done a lot of speaking events and i really love them they're like one of my favorite things to do outside of sort of like making videos so i felt pretty confident about what it was gonna be um but yeah like like you i i didn't know who was on the panel and um i met you and dylan just before we went on stage and it was really great to meet you guys and it was like really quickly hey i'm andy this is what i do and like i'm dylan i'm drew and like quickly talking but it wasn't until we actually got on stage that it was like that was when I got to like hear about like Dylan's expertise and what you did, Drew, and like mine. And what I found was really cool. I think we were talking about um, working alongside brands right, um, yeah. and how to like kind of integrate that as like a freelancer or like as a like a creator, I guess. Um, and it was really cool because we were all bouncing off each other's points really naturally. And I loved that. And I was like, this is so cool. And it was just really interesting, like hearing all these different perspectives on stage, um, like at the same time, like I thought that was like a great way for us to like kind of connect. I love it. Hopefully, like I said in your podcast, I hope people got what they wanted out of it. So that's good. And then we hung out the rest of the week for sure. Yes. Oh yeah, for sure. What a great week. And so you and I, now we have just met five minutes before us having to talk in front of people as well, because we just met a few minutes ago. Um, so I don't know much about you. So I'd like to hear, you know, what's your origin story? You know, how did you get into this uh, travel vlogging game? You know, how long have you been doing it? Yeah, man, of course. Um, so, I mean, I guess my story goes back a little further and it's not like the original route into film. Um I started out in music. Um, I was a musician. I grew up playing drums ever since I was about six, Um, always playing in bands. And when I was 16, I left school and uh, like in our last in our last uh, year at school, they're like, oh, what do you want to do after this? Like, because you could go on and do a couple of extra years of like college and get other degrees. I was like, I want to do music. And they told me about this music college. 
um, where I could go and literally just play the drums all day. And I was Sounds like, awesome. Yes, yeah. I want to do that. <laughs> fine with that. Like, of course. Like, 16-year-old Andy wants to be like a rock star. I'm like, this is it. Um, so I go to this college, um, make a bunch of friends, and I, I join a band. And this is around 2009. Yeah, 2009. And um, so social media is just sort of coming up. Like, um, people are starting to put their music. Like, MySpace has been a thing, right? Um, Twitter and Facebook is coming up and um, in all our lectures they were basically teaching us that like look you are not going to make money in the music industry out of performing and being in a band like that's just not a thing so you need to have all the you need to have like a business mindset to it as well and they tried to teach us like how to basically run our band like a business and I thought that was really interesting and we had seen social media growing so we were like okay well let's utilize this and we brought like a little flip camera and we started making I guess like vlogs before they were vlogs just like of our band practices or when we went on tour right uh, and we'd post them online and we got a bit of an audience from it and it was fun. And I did that for a couple of years um, and went on to play in a couple of other bands and the same sort of thing. Um, and over that time, like I kind of realized that I liked music, but being in a band with five guys where like to make a decision, if you want to play a show or play a tour has to be run through like five different people and right. then their spouses as well, if you're available and all these type of things, you know, and I was like, this isn't like a like it was a great like outlet to be creative and like I got to like learn to start editing videos in that for these little pieces that we were doing and I realized that I really loved um film and storytelling and we had kind of been doing that with our band and building this narrative I guess through like our our brand online um but I had never picked up a camera um I didn't go to film school I didn't know anything about um filming but I always wanted to tell stories and in 2016 i was on a trip in switzerland and um switzerland was like one of my favorite places in the world it's beautiful landscape and i wanted to share it um and all i had was my phone and i was like okay well why don't i uh pull out my phone and start making videos on snapchat because snapchat at the time was like kicking off i guess it's right. kind of like the equivalent of what like tiktok is like now right yeah, yeah. um and so I just started making these short videos on Snapchat and I was trying to just hack the app and um, in the sense of like I would put these 10 second videos next to each other and I tried to tell like a story over that whole right. time. And I hadn't really gotten into YouTube culture that much. I think I'd been like watching Gary V's videos and he was talking a lot about uh, Snapchat as a viable option for creators um because i was like quite into the branding and the marketing side of things like i said before um so i was like, okay well let me play on snapchat and then i just kind of got obsessed and i just kept making these short videos on snapchat um and then i kind of discovered like the world of youtube um and at the end of that year i was so obsessed i was working like a part-time job in no a full-time job in marketing but um Snapchat was the thing that I was like obsessed with and every day I was wanting to make these short form videos and I'd like as soon as I could leave the office I'd just like run out and film before the light went <laughs> and um and at the end of that year I was like I'm sick of what I'm doing I don't really like working for somebody else like right. I was obsessed with these videos and me and a friend at the time had always wanted to uh spend like a long period of time in New York and just be involved in like that 
hustle and bustle, you know, of the of New York. Um, so we'd saved up some money from our jobs to um, go to New York for just a couple of months and just like live there for a few months um, and just. I don't know. We didn't really have a plan. We were just like going to go there right. and see what happened. Right. Right. And uh, so I left my job and we moved to New York on New Year's Eve, I think. Yeah. New Year's Eve of 2016. And um, it just so happened that this was when I started to get a little bit of an audience on Snapchat. And I was like, OK, well, I'm just going to make these videos every day. And they were essentially just like vlogs, I guess, but vertical vlogs, a couple of minutes long on Snapchat. Um. And every day I would just keep learning something new and keep trying to develop these videos. And um, yeah, I started to get some like attention on the platform. Um, within the first two weeks of being in New York, I, um, I'd i seen that NASDAQ were doing collaborations with Snapchatters and they were putting their snap codes um, up in the middle of Times Square. Oh, and cool. I was like to my friend Nixie, I was like, Nixie, one day that's the dream, you know, like five years down the line maybe i'm still doing snapchat like uh that'll be cool right um like and then i think within two weeks um they had reached out to me and they were like hey do you want to come to our offices and do a collaboration and we're gonna put your uh, uh qr code up on our billboards and i was like that's uh, awesome yeah Oh my God. And I was just like, I didn't tell anyone about it apart from my roommate because I was like so scared it wasn't going to happen. And then that happened. And I was like, oh my God, wow. Um, and That's from amazing. there, I just I just then got connected with like all these people in the space um, and just managed to build that out. And people started asking me to make a couple more videos. And then I was like, oh, I can actually make some money out of these stories I'm telling or like teaching people how to tell uh, their story on like a vertical platform like this and then it just like spiraled from there um but yeah that's kind of like the essence of how i got into it all i feel like that was quite a ramble though guys no no it was, i thought that was great and and i mean the the Times square stuff that's amazing because i mean that's like prime real estate for advertising right. so many eyes go across that so it's not a surprise mm. that that kind of helped helped uh, set you off a little bit yeah that's like everyone's dream obviously that's right. free advertising free followers i mean you say free but you obviously had to do something to earn that you obviously were in collaboration with nasdaq to to get that on there but that kind of leads me into my next question andy is you know you're really good yeah. at, at chatting directly to the camera chatting directly to the audience so i kind of want to learn about like your methodology for creating and structuring stories you know, there's a lot of different yeah. ways to structure stories. There's a, there's a way they do it in Hollywood and there's a way you do it for short films and ads. And I'm just curious to know, like, how do you structure your stories? Because it seems like they're very vlog style and run and gun, which is an amazing mm. approach. So are you doing that before or after? Yeah. Um, so it's kind of like evolved over time, but it definitely comes from that vlog style run and guns, uh, like world of filmmaking um because that's just how i learned it in the snapchat days everybody was like why is and like especially before like i um had moved to new york everybody's like why is andy talking to his phone like who does he think he's talking to like <laughs> online right now and i was just um but i just really enjoyed it and then when i started to pick up a little bit of an audience like i remember when i got the first hundred views on snapchat i was like oh my god a hundred people are watching it. my videos yeah. <laughs> yeah and i spent like that entire evening um just Shooting responding whiskey to in your every... closet <laughs> <laughs> like peter mckinnon right <laughs> close i am in my closet right now but i don't have any whiskey but um <laughs> at the time i was just 
I was just responding to every single person's comment and I was so excited by it. And then at that point, I was like, okay, there's a hundred people watching me. And, and I, did, I, for, for me, the, the numbers don't really matter. It's the same if one person's watching you. But at the time, it was like a hundred people are watching me. So I have to make this like an enjoyable video and an entertain, entertaining video. And on Snapchat, uh, when you did a collaboration with someone, someone they would then uh, the new, sorry, those new followers would then follow you, and you have like one story to like hook them. So I had to make every single video better than the the previous one, and I was just so focused on trying to bring my um, bring everything out on camera. And what I used to tell people, people were like, "How do you do this in public?" Um, like, don't people give you weird looks and stuff? Right. And I was just like, I'm never going to see those people again. Like, but the people watching this video, that's going to stay there. And I'm going to have that video forever. So right. I want to, um, I'm going to give everything to that. And the people who think I'm weird in the street, you know what? I'm never going to see them again. <laughs> You're never going to see me again. Like it doesn't matter. Yeah. Yeah. It, it doesn't matter. So that's kind of, and I did that for, I did Snapchat every day for the whole of 2017 um, and then in 2018, I was, I kind of brought it down, but I was making videos like at least three or four times a week and putting them up on Instagram or Snapchat. So I was like, I, I grew in this like vloggy gorilla style world where I was just like using my phone and like mm-hmm. over like months I was learning about better equipment and I didn't buy my first camera until like um like 2018 and I was learning how to use that so it all comes from that world but right. now with the videos I tell they're a bit more produced um the story I think a lot more about the story it's less vlogs um it's more a topic or if i'm in a city i will find a really interesting story about that place in the world i don't want to just make a travel vlog of um singapore or uh, copenhagen like that you could find on youtube and to be honest it would just probably get buried so i look for an interesting story in each of those places so like in copenhagen um copenhagen's the greenest city in the world and they're gonna they're aiming to be net neutral by 20 25 and i was like that's quite an interesting story and this is like a really unique city um so i tried to weave in that narrative whilst um having that vlog aspect to it so i will i now script a lot of my videos um and i prep what i'm gonna say and i do a lot of the research i recently made one about um, how COVID-19 has affected tourism in Italy because I was in Italy for right. like, five days. So I, I prepped that video. I did a lot of research on it. Um, and then I go out and I kind of just shoot those lines. But I also try to interject a lot of vlogging moments or if I realize something or I interview somebody, I'm learning. Mm-hmm. So I want right. the viewer to be learning as I am throughout the videos. Yeah, it's important um, narrative. You know, you're, you're using, when you're on your boosted board talking, you're actually narrating mm-hmm. and you're, you're driving the story forward. You're talking about a subject. Whereas I've noticed in yeah. a lot of yours, when it feels vloggy with your with the Joby and the, the boosted board, it's actually your approach at narrating a good detailed story. So I think it's a cool approach. Yeah, I'm always trying to drive that story forward. And like in the edit, I'm always like, does this need to be cut? Am I trimming fat here? Like, is this important? Um, I used to like 
wish I was like a better cinematographer and could shoot like incredible B-roll. Um, and I, I envy that a lot. And I, I definitely like aspire to get much better at it. Um, but I always find that the B-roll that I use or I try to do now, I want it to serve the story moving forward. Right. Um, like there's so many incredible like uh, travel videos out there on YouTube that are kind of just very cinematic and they're mm. awesome. Um, but for me, I will be more engaged in something that someone's telling me a story and it's pulling me through. You know, if I had to sit down and watch like a minute of B-roll of like London, in like of the break between like me talking about a topic mm-hmm. you would probably lose me and i think you would lose most people um because everyone's attention span is so short and i think that's something i learned on snapchat whether it being such short form content um that like i'm like story is key um so like how do i push that forward yeah i was just gonna say that i, th- I think if uh you know obviously it's best to have both story and great visuals. But if I were to choose one over the other, I think you can have a great video when just your story is good, but you can't have a great video when your story sucks and your video looks great. And so I think, I think having a solid story, the visuals will catch up with that, I think. Um, but you need to have the story to keep people hooked in. Yeah. And there's a difference between going on vacation and shooting cinematic B-roll, u- utilizing your vacation hours and, and relaxing mm. and just picking up some shots versus you're traveling for an agenda, you're traveling for a production, you're creating stories based on these places that you're traveling to so there's more of an agenda behind that you get a higher production value and therefore you get a better story dude you know what's a pain sometimes Hmm, you tell hauling huge lights onto set oh yeah that's like the worst yeah i've tried more compact lights but they just don't cut it when it comes to rendering true color plus they're never bright enough Mm -mm, never but one day a buddy of mine from the snowboard industry asked me to check out these new lights called lytra which promised to solve exactly that problem they're compact yet powerful and with professional grade color rendering nice nice now lytra is pretty much all i ever bring to set compact powerful by color rgb Bluetooth controlled, rugged, waterproofed, you name it, Lytra's it. That's a whole bunch of stuff. That sounds great. So you should visit our Lytra link in the description below and receive 15% off your next order from Lytra.com. I promise you these lights will completely change your approach to photo and video lighting. All right, man, I'm going to hold you to it. Yeah, and your your production value, uh, you know, from your earlier ones to your more recent ones, like the the one you just did uh, in Italy, you've started incorporating a lot more motion mm-hmm. graphics. And in that one, you also had a lot of uh, file footage, you know, uh, audio from news reports and stuff like that, that mm-hmm. really kind of helped bring your story into into much tighter focus, I think. Yeah, that's definitely something that I've... Um dived into a lot in the last i'd probably say like 10 to 12 months is like um yeah incorporating archive footage or playing with after effects a lot of lockdown was um like trying to learn adobe after effects um take advantage of the opportunity right (laughs) yeah exactly and i mean i love it um but it it consumes me today guys i literally have spent maybe like six hours working on like a a four second intro to one of these episodes of uh origins Fine. and it's you can like get, you can get lost in after effects man <laughs> for real yeah you, and i i get so tied down on like these tiny minute details that mm-hmm. like you probably won't even notice but i just love building out those textures and i think i do it this is i mean this is something that i really like about my videos but is also maybe like a hindrance is that I spend so long on those little details, whether it's sound design, um, mm. 
bringing that script together, um, like motion graphics. Um, I can spend so long just trying to like perfect it. Um, and I think it really pays off like giving that video that little like extra boost. Um, but at the same time, it takes a lot of time and I'm not producing videos nearly on the scale as I was two years ago. But I think the quality is better. Exactly. And it's those little details that make it that much more better. Even if it's someone watching and, and it's just a regular viewer and they're not a cinematographer or a video creator and they're, they can't maybe even tell you what it was or why they like that video so much more, mm -hmm. but you know why it's because you put in, you know, six hours worth of a four second clip. And we've, we're guilty yeah. of that too. You know, they, they do have the saying done is better than perfect. And I totally agree with that, especially for the YouTube world. But there is a level mm. of professionalism that right. and style that I want to maintain and you want to maintain. And it keeps it fluid throughout the channel. So, yeah, I, I think a lot about um, After Effects and keyframes. Uh, one thing I think everybody, everybody can tell is when somebody's watching some graphics and has like this hard stop instead of an easy ease mm. or whatever. It's just one of those small things that doesn't seem like much, but it does a huge thing. Mm. And it like and over time like you get those processes down and down you know like i, I feel mm -hmm. like i'm pretty decent at being out in the field and like filming capturing something shooting some lines like i can do it all really quick and mo like my after effects um workflow is just speeding up you know like i used to be quite a slow editor like now in premiere i'm like real quick if i know what i'm needing to do and right um this this time being in isolation for these 10 days i was like okay how do i make my uh processes more efficient and quicker because we have to edit and shoot these next three episodes of origins really soon so how do i make these processes quicker and it was just a like right. small like nerdy little things like finding better plugins for after effects it's gonna like take my like key like working on keyframes like it will take me two seconds to get them identical compared to like spending 20 minutes you know like little right. things like that but making your workflow way more efficient to kind of get back some of that time right yeah, just building those plugins too would, right goes a long mm -hmm. way Right. And so, and speaking of origins, you're saying you're, you're trying to hone your processes and stuff like that. Let's talk a little bit about uh, origins. It's, it's a partnership with Red Bull, correct? Yes, it is. Yeah. Yeah. Origins is a project that I've been working on, I guess now for like the past 14, 15 months. Um, I pitched so it to Red Bull. <laughs> Yeah, just a little bit of time. I mean, the pandemic has definitely slowed things down, obviously, as it has for everybody. Um, but last summer, I uh, I pitched this show to Red Bull. Um, I'd been working with them for a couple of months just on some like social innovation projects, which were really fun. And um, they basically offered me to yeah pitch a show idea to them. So we came up with this show called Origins, which is basically a YouTube explainer series that looks at looks at the history um, of extreme sports and the communities and the cultures behind them, and cool. how those cultures have been affected by that sport over a period of all this time. Um, so it's the biggest project I've ever worked on. Um, although it's just my, like, I mean, it's mainly myself. It all comes from me. Um, it's this YouTube, yeah, style vloggy short form documentary. So it's very informative. Um, it's quick pace, but it still feels like a YouTube video. You know, it's not like bashing you over the head right. with too much information. Like each week you're gonna see a different sport and you're gonna like learn a little bit more about 
the history behind that and it's like it incorporates a lot of travel yeah um, no I, I noticed that too the youtube style that you were talking about there's a there's a second angle shot in the interviews of origins that first episode with the bodyboarding and mm. your you know second angle is actually filming you with a joby filming him so you're filming first angle the camera two is filming second angle and it's filming you in there as well shooting first angle which i thought was really cool it's a cool approach yeah and that was something i like had really thought about and this was quite an in different different move for me but very interesting from what red bull would, um what red bull wanted from me was i had to spend a lot of time deciding on what this show was going to look like and feel like there was like a good four months of just like developing this show and normally i spend like at most four weeks on like a video you know um so i had a lot of time to think about that and the interviews i was like okay there's probably going to be like talking head style interviews but how do i kind of mix this up a bit make it a little bit different i'm like okay i'm the host of this show um why don't i be like in the frame with them Right. Um, and then we can like cut to like, we can have this nice, like steady, like a cam, but then like the B cam can kind of be like me holding it like vlog style. Well, I think for action sports, those types of things work yeah, really well. Totally I fits. mean, you, yeah. you know, I remember watching old snowboard movies back in the day and, you know, they were doing like a photo session, but it was video from a photo session and they were in a studio, but they showed the back roll, you know, the sides of the, yeah. the stands with the back roll. And you're like, oh my God, that's cool. They're in a studio. So yeah. this little things like that go a long way. It mixes well. Handheld is always mixes well. Uh, with, that, with action sports. Yeah, it and does. Stuff like just, that. Yeah. yeah. I mean, low angle, wide angle uh, lenses with, with low angles. Just there's, there's a criteria in action sports and I thought it worked really well. I noticed it right off the bat. And, you know, this seemed like a little bit of a larger production for you just simply because we've talked about it multiple times. And I want to know what have you learned from this so far? And not necessarily talking about this up and coming one with, you know, battling with travel. But what have you what did you learn from the first production that you'll do differently for the second or third? Oh, yeah, man, of course. Um, so much, you know, um, right. I'd never done that much pre-production on my videos before. My videos before that would like, okay, I do a little bit of research and then I go out there myself, you know, like I've always found a way to just um, just make it work on the spot. But when you're working on a production like this, you you don't have room for that. Um, so and it's still a really small team. It's um, me um, out there like sort of hosting and directing it um, and shooting B-roll. Uh, like or B cam, I guess. Um, and then my cinematographer Fraser, so he comes out and shoots it with me. Uh, then we have like a local producer with us, and uh, and then the Red Bull athlete who is with us. Um, so mm. it was like four of us, sometimes five. Uh, so it was a very small team. Uh, we shoot it all on like mirrorless cameras, um, and just trusting. I guess the biggest thing was like working in a team and like being able to work with people that I trust and utilizing producers um was so important because because it's a red bull production i have to have film permits we have to make sure we right. have the right licenses if we want to fly a drone um i am covering everybody's food and i have to book accommodation and travel and it's like so you're producer i've been so <laughs> I'm, I'm essentially yeah yeah i so i produce i edit I host, <laughs> I direct. Um, the talent. Well, you're still yeah. one man. You're out there bodyboarding. It's just, it's just basically a story about you. No, I'm just, I'm, <laughs> these are just I mean, like I random guys. I couldn't do this without the team around me. But right. um, yeah, I guess because it's it, it's all coming from my head, I'm the one who's spending most of the time in this, you know? Right. Um, 
So, but obviously when we're in Hawaii, I don't know anything about the local culture. I can, I can do my research and I can learn about which locations we should go to and where is, has good surf, but no right. one's going to know that better than our athlete and a right. local producer. And on that episode, we had a guy called Zach Noyle, who is a incredible um, surf photographer in Hawaii. And Zach just knew everybody. And in Hawaii, they all just, all the surfers know everyone. And it's just such a cool community. And that episode just relied on him just being able to like lock in all these great interviews. We got to like interview like some incredible people in the sport. And um, yeah, I just couldn't have done that without a team. And um, yeah, and then you just kind of like learning on the go. I had to learn about like permitting, like I said before. Right. Um, yeah. And then even even in the edit, you know, like I had I had done a lot of edits before, but I wanted this show to look a specific way. So I worked with my brother, who is a illustrator and motion graphics artist, and we kind of brought the show together um, in the post, and we were we were like learning on on like kind of on the go. Um, and I think, so your second part of that question, like what, what would I do differently? I, I, I definitely had a lot of time to then reflect or every time something was feeling a little bit funny, I would write down notes because I was like, uh, we need to iron this out going forward for the rest smart. of the yeah. episodes. Uh, yeah. I know the logistics are going to that. So kudos to you, man. You made it look good. You made it feel just like, you know, it was coming right from Oahu. I mean, the locals talked about it and uh, the area was perfect for it. And I'm excited to see what you do next. If you need to shoot some snowboarding, let me know. Let's let's do it. Oh, there we go. <laughs> Thank you, man. Yeah. Team I mean, up. well, we're yeah. actually I so like going to what you were just saying about knowing all those things that that's a really interesting aspect about the show, because each episode is a different sport and it's like a completely yeah. different way of shooting. Right. Um, so today I had a cool we're doing an episode on the origins of skiing. And, yeah. um, I can't really ski. I've had to start taking skiing lessons. Um, so that's, <laughs> that's one. That's Have one you been point. shooting any of that? <laughs> um, I didn't on my first one, but I definitely going to on the next one. Nice. Um, Fun. I'm, I'm sure you can the first one I was like, I need to like, <laughs> yeah, I was like the first one I need to really just like concentrate and try and get the basics down. Right. Um, and then I'm, I'm going to do more of that. But like I had a call today with, um, some producers in Sweden and it's just like, okay, is it feasible to shoot in November? And they're like, mm, well, we don't know because there's not enough snow. Not and bad, then not we good have to interview. Yeah. yeah, not good conditions. Also, the light in Sweden in like November, December, you get like three hours a day. Oh, that's it's right. Like yeah. All these technical things, you know, and each episode is is completely different. Um, don't we, worry about Sweden. Come to Utah. That's right. <laughs> I know. I mean, I would I would love to do a snowboarding episode at some point, I think, because we're doing skiing now. Like, it, it's not going to be soon. But um, right. I think I would fare better on a snowboard than a uh, skis. That's that's how I feel. I, I used to be a skateboarder. And so putting my mm. feet you know, connected together seems much more comfortable than having them split apart and could possibly go different directions. <laughs> yeah, we'll test that. I have about five skateboards in the studio right now. So we'll, <laughs> after we get up the air, we'll test that and see if he's lying. Nice. <laughs> so um, I'm curious, I mean, you, you do travel vlogging, obviously we've covered that, but what is your favorite or one of your favorite places you've been or most interesting? There's just so many have lots. They just have like lots of different unique ang like angles and um, right and stories. I mean, Singapore is one that I go back to quite a lot. Um, I'm 
quite obsessed with like Southeast Asia and that part of the world. And I just want to travel there more and, and uh, dive into some stories there. But Singapore was just such an interesting place to me because it was um, this city slash country that's tiny um, and has grown to the size it is in about 54, 55 years. And it's just this industrial powerhouse in Asia um, where it's a really pretty decent way of living. There is um, next to no homelessness. Um, everybody gets paid pretty well. Um, everybody is quite happy living there. Um, and at the same time, it's like one of the most expensive places in the world. And it's just like so right. bizarre. Um, but I also love big cities. And so for me, it had all the like the beautiful tall buildings that I can fly my right. drone over. And it's kind of got this harbor and like amazing food. It's got like a mix of like Chinese food and Indian food. Um, and Asian. Like that, yeah. It's just, <laughs> yeah, it's just like a crazy mix of all these places. Um, well, and you also talked about like the architecture of it and how it's it's designed for airflow through the city. Oh, which yeah. I would, I would just, love that yeah. right now. Yeah. yeah, we could use that here it's, with all the fires around us. Yeah. <laughs> use oh, man. Cells. Yeah. Yeah. Um, so it's just, it. I just thought that was quite, um, it was really, it, what's, what's the word? Um, it's just like, they're very, everything's thought out. And it's, uh, mm -hmm. uh, I feel like that's not really the case over here. So that was something right. new to me. I was like, it was quite an interesting story to hear. Um, yeah, well, they're very deliberate but, about how they put it together. Yeah. Yeah. So I, I taste Singapore. Um, I really like a lot of Asia. I spent a lot of time, not a lot of time, sorry. I spent like two weeks in Bangladesh, but that was mm. a really interesting place as well. Yeah, I'll bet. Um, so yeah, Asia is really excites me because I've only done such a small fraction of it, but I have so many stories lined up and ready to go. Like as soon as like I can eventually travel over there. You know, what's the future look like for you, man? Are you, you know, do you have a goal in mind? Obviously wrapping the origin season one, but where's this content going to take you? Yeah, man. Um, yeah. So right now my focus is just on like locking in these next three episodes um that's what we're doing right now and then i'm hoping at the start of 2021 sort of some um we can travel a little bit more touch wood maybe in the spring and we can shoot the rest of that show um but around that so it's just like origins is the main focus and then building out videos for my youtube channel alongside of that um these sort of short form travel explainers i want to build on that and then from there, I kind of, I just want to continue down this explainer travel route, whether that's, yeah, on my own channel or working with another brand on, on their sort of channels. I'd quite like to maybe jump into some more hard hitting stories um, oh, okay. that intrigues me quite a lot. I am a big fan of, well, I'm not a big fan. That's a really bad way of saying it. I'm very intrigued <laughs> in everything that's going on in the Middle East. And oh, yeah. I think I could find some interesting stories. I've spent a little bit of time there and they really just changed my whole perspective on making videos. Um, hmm. And I kind of want to go back and I feel like I can do some of those stories justice now. Um, there, yeah, there's definitely I, plenty of uh, interesting stuff going on there to talk about. Yeah, I just, when I was there before, um, I I had just come out of, like, I was traveling to all these beautiful locations around the world, Brazil, Peru, Australia, and I was 
making these like vlogs right on Instagram or Snapchat and I was like okay these are fine but then at the beginning of um, January 2019 I was in Palestine and I was hearing stories about these um, this guy who builds these violins for these refugees and teaches them how to Hmm. play these violins and he had never experienced anything outside of Palestine um, until he was like 21 and he came to the came to Europe and he was shocked because he didn't have to cross like checkpoints and stuff to leave. Like he could just freely go. And that like totally changed my whole like headspace on like the videos that I had the potential of making. Cause I was talking to this guy and I was hearing his story and I was like, okay, there was like way more important things out there than just the, what I was doing. Um, so I really want to get back to sort of, telling stories like that and spending time in those parts of the world and trying to like help i guess spread stories like that right well that's what's so amazing about what we do is we're able to show other perspectives that we're not used to seeing i mean there's all mm-hmm. sorts of things that if you were to you know you're tell me about it i'd be like okay interesting if you were to show it to me through somebody else's eyes it would yes. make much more of an impact for sure mm. um so Andy, this has been awesome. Thank you so much for coming on. But before you go, uh, we just have one thing we always like to ask everybody. Somebody who's looking to kind of get into what you're doing, getting into travel vlogging or just video in general, do you have any advice for them? What would I say to someone who's starting out? Um, I would say just keep... I don't know why I froze. I know what I want to say. <laughs> you know, um, I don't have any I advice. Would say- <laughs> <laughs> Quit. <laughs> Quit. Quit. Stop it. No, um, just like it doesn't matter what camera you have. Um, just if you have a phone, I'm sure most people out there have access to a phone. And these phones today have incredible cameras. Just pick up your phone and start telling stories with that. And maybe they are not the best or the most amazing video, but that's okay. Like you just keep at it. And um, don't be discouraged from posting them online. Um, I always just keep posting and posting them um, because over time you're going to learn and you're just going to get better and better. And I feel that's the only way that you can really improve and develop is by just, just keeping at it. Um, and just keep putting them out there and you're just, you're just gonna, you're just gonna keep learning loads of little different things. Um, so don't get discouraged from that because I, I find it's a, it's, I feel like that's a really simple answer, but a lot of people just don't. The amount of people that think that they want to try something and they just never do is so Mm -hmm. high compared to that small percent that actually do it. And if you're, if you're interested in what we're talking about today, if you want to make travel films, the next time you're able to go away, just get out your phone and start making videos on that. And like, that's, that's the most important thing. And over the time you'll Agreed. get nicer gear and stuff will, you can upgrade it. And, but just like, just start somewhere and you'll probably be amazed at like what you achieve. Yep. I totally agree. That's great advice, man. I think, uh, more importantly, you keep doing you, man. I love uh, watching your videos on Instagram. I always watch all of your stories. I love watching your content. You, you are making videos with a meaning and a purpose and you are spreading the good word about places and destinations that people maybe aren't fortunate enough to go and visit themselves. So kudos to you, brother. Yeah, man, you're crushing it. Thank you so much, guys. Thank you uh, for having me. I'm very honored to be on here. Um, and I love that, like, just being able to talk to, like, other creatives um, about what's it's happening. It's the best, right? And, like, sharing this. Dude, it's the freaking best. Like, 
like it's I said, the best. top yeah. of the show, being able to chat on like um, on that panel and now here with you guys, it's just like super inspiring. So uh, yeah, thank you for having me and let me do this with you guys. Really, really stoked to have you on, Andy. Seriously, thank you so much for your time and I hope the next time we're hanging out, it's not over the phone. Yeah, <laughs> in person, maybe shooting Definitely. something. Definitely. Oh, absolutely. Can't man. wait, guys. Thank you. Awesome. Hey, take care, Andy, and stay safe. And i um, looking forward to keeping updated on your recovery. Thanks, man. Yeah, I'm, I'm all good. I'm uh, going to, I'm out tomorrow. I can leave tomorrow, which is exciting. Oh, man. Awesome. Oh, well, congratulations. Yeah, you're on the mend. You're good. You're just, you're sailing now. So good <laughs> luck on that project and enjoy your new Sony A7S Mark III. Ooh. Thank you, man. It's unfortunately, <laughs> it's not actually mine. Red Bull have just loaned it to me. Um, well, make good content. I will be picking it, it up. You. Yeah, well, you know, yeah, you throw it. True. Just throw it in the throw it in the throw it in the tab there. Just I mean, the bro, I've been <laughs> I've, I'm on 68 percent battery and I've been recording for 46 minutes. That's pretty good. That, wow, that's see, that's amazing. good news. Yeah. That's that's already yeah. makes me happy. All right, guys. Awesome. Well, thank you so much for this. Have hey, thanks for coming on, man. That's awesome. Yeah. Really cool. Yeah, man. Have a great day, Andy. We'll talk to you soon. Thanks, guys. Bye. Man, what a, uh, what a cool guy. He's the best. Yeah, ton of fun to talk to you. Lots of really, really great information uh, coming from him. Super smart. I love his approach with filmmaking, just doing important content. Totally agree. Totally agree. Y'all, <laughs> we love doing <laughs> this podcast. Y'all. <laughs> Y'all, we love doing this podcast. Uh, it's the highlight of our week. It is. Usually the highlight of our day, highlight of our month, you know. Depending on the month, yeah. Um, and uh, we hope you guys like it too. If you do, tell your friends about it. Give us a review or rating on your podcast platform of choice. Doing that goes a long way for us. We really appreciate you guys listening and making it this far throughout the episode, especially if you're on episode 17. Uh, If you are a returning listener, thank you guys so much. Thank you for reaching out to us. And we have a contact in the description below if you'd like to reach out to us and give us a topic if you want to hear something. Yep, that's the long and short of it. We'll see you guys next time. Thanks so much for listening. Bye. Bye.